2: Joe Burrow is considering pulling an Eli Manning, or as we know it here in Denver, Colorado, as a John Elway. And thank God John Elway pulled a John Elway because we have several Super Bowls to thank for that. But this all started with Carson Palmer saying that the Cincinnati Bengals had never been committed to winning. Well, who coaches Joe Burrow? Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan Palmer. And the speculation has grown and grown and grown that Burrow does not want to play in Cincinnati despite the fact that he went to high school in Athens, Ohio. Not just that, but Joe Burrow took his Heisman Trophy winning moment, that famous speech when he accepted the trophy And used it to raise money for Athens County Food Bank. Nearly $500,000 was raised in Athens County, Ohio, to help feed the poor and the homeless. So this is a very difficult situation, I suppose, for Joe Burrow, who's going to go number one overall, whose parents live in Ohio, and apparently does not want to get drafted by the hometown Cincinnati Bengals. And then... He says in front of the media, now some say he was only repeating something a member of the media said, but Joe Burrow said these three words, I have leverage, leading to even more speculation. What's happening here, Ross? And with that, our poll question, would you try to avoid getting drafted by the Bengals if you were Joe Burrow, an organization that has not won a playoff game since 1991? What would you do? Do you like the way he's playing it uh, so first
0: of all no I would not try to avoid being drafted by the Bengals however I think it is fair to say I never played for the Bengals so I don't really know what it's like what I do know is I think Cincinnati's pretty awesome I have a couple friends that live in Cincinnati I really like that city I think their uniforms are pretty awesome And let's not act like this is the worst team in the history of the world, okay? I mean, within the last, what, nine years, ten years, they went to the playoffs five straight years? With Andy Dalton, by the way? So Andy Dalton's never been better than, what, the 15th best quarterback in the NFL? So if I'm Joe Burrow, Dave, if I'm a big baller, I'm thinking, If Andy Dalton can get these dudes to playoffs five straight years, I can go to conference championship games. I can go to Super Bowls. I'm better than Andy Dalton. So I don't really understand what he's so upset about. You know, this isn't the Browns who have been so terrible forever. And by the way, Baker Mayfield didn't do this shit with the Browns. Baker Mayfield, and maybe you could argue he should have. I don't know. Uh, But Baker Mayfield didn't do this with the Browns. I don't love it, um, and what I really don't like about it is number one, he's clearly changed his tune. So initially, he was like, "I, I I'm happy to I'm happy to go anywhere where they're going to draft me and pay me money to play football." Like he was, he and I love that attitude. Like I'm happy to go, let's do it. Number one pick, let let's play. But then he talked to some people, and whether it's Carson Palmer or his brother Jordan Palmer, or maybe it's his agent, Tom Condon, who was instrumental in the Eli Manning, forcing his way out of the Chargers. He's sort of changed his tune a little bit. And I get it. The Bengals are not thought of as one of the better organizations in the NFL, And I think he thinks this is my one career, my one shot. I'd rather go to a better organization. I'd rather go to an organization that I feel like is committed to winning Super Bowls. That's kind of what he said. Without saying the Bengals aren't, he has said he wants to go somewhere that is committed to winning Super Bowls. I guess one of my questions would be, where does he think he's going? Like the Dolphins? The Chargers? Like what what is the team that he thinks he's going to that's so much better than the Bengals? That's the that's one part. I mean, Dave, this I could talk about this for the whole show, because there's so many different fascinating angles to it. The second thing is, he has every right, every right to try to do what's best for his career. But dude, he he's like trying to middle it. You know what I mean, Dave? Like he he's trying to subtly put it out there that he doesn't want to play for the Bengals without making it clear. It's like, in my mind, just say it, dude. Like, if you don't want to play there, say, I don't want to play for the Bengals. If they draft me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the draft. I'm not going to play for the Bengals. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. What he's doing now is he's kind of beating around the bush, which I don't really like. And if I were a Bengals fan, it would it would piss me off. It's like, dude, we want you. You know, we're diehards here. You'd be the number one pick. You could help get us back to where we were and even beyond. You know, they've been to Super Bowls. Boomer Esiason. I mean, it, Kenny Anderson. They've been. It, it like I just, I don't know. I, I I would not care for it if I were a Bengals fan at all.
2: Certainly I would not. We will have one of the most diehard Cincinnati Bengals fans on the planet later in the program. Name is Jeff Lanham, who spent 50 plus days on the roof of his bar committed to staying there until the Cincinnati Bengals won a football game. Thank God they only went 0-11, so we didn't have to spend an entire NFL season atop his roof. But, would I, back to our poll question, would I want to play for the Cincinnati Bengals? Absolutely not. The problem is, and the reason he has to take this middle road, is because of that Heisman speech, because he raised about $500,000 for a, a food bank, because he went to high school in Athens, Ohio, because his parents lived there, and because he realizes ultimately, how much leverage do I have at the end of the day? Can I pull off? What John Elway and Eli Manning did? Very unlikely. Can't imagine that he pulls it off. And to your point, the question really is how many places in the top draft order are great spots, are great landing spots? Cincinnati, one. Washington, two. No. Detroit, three. Not really. Giants, they're all set at the position. Miami, rebuilding, but still not a terrific organization so you got to get down there to the Chargers and most likely does he want to play for Joe Brady and the Carolina Panthers who went 5 and 11 last year certainly if I'm If I'm Joe Burrow, I'm going to do whatever I can to try to get there to Carolina, to play with Christian McCaffrey, to play with the guy that instrumented my incredible record-breaking senior season at LSU, Brady, who will now try to rebuild that Carolina Panthers offense. I would do absolutely as much as I could to get away from Cincinnati because i I haven't seen any evidence that this is an organization that can turn it around. Seven straight playoff losses. Again, 1991. Have they ever done what it takes? Have they shown that they have the right owners, the right GMs, the right coaches over the years? Zach Taylor deserves a shot, but it was a rough first year. It was ugly. There's no real optimism about Zach Taylor other than Joe Burrow. Now, what you like about Zach Taylor is he played quarterback in college and he was a quarterback's coach at three different stops along the way, so certainly knows the position and wants to build around Joe Burrow. But yeah, man, I would do everything I could to try to get to a better, better landing spot, in particular Charlotte. But how much leverage does Burrow have? What can he really do? Can he pull off an Eli Manning? So here's the thing
0: too, Dave. If, if you're Joe Burrow, though, wouldn't it be smarter to say, I would love to be a Bengal, love to be the number one pick, and then have your agent behind the scenes be like, dude, he does not want to play for you guys. He's going to sit out. He's saying the right things, but he's not going to play for you guys. Like, I, I just, the way he's going about it, and, and frankly, you know, he talked about his process and how the Bengals have a process. And maybe that means when he meets with the Bengals, he's going to tell them he doesn't want to be there. Maybe it means that he wants to talk with them first and see how committed they are to winning and see if he's a fit with Zach Taylor before saying, yes, I in fact do want to be a Cincinnati Bengal. And if that's the case, I guess I can respect that. But I'd be having my agent do the dirty work. I don't remember Eli Manning saying anything Dave, I don't know about you. And, I, and let me say this too. Mike Brown is the one owner that would illogically and maybe irrationally just have Joe Burrow sit out the whole year rather than let him force his hand and trade him. Mike Brown, like if if, if Joe Burrow tries to pull this off, Mike Brown might draft him anyway, have him sit anyway Because Mike Brown doesn't do necessarily what's logical or what's rational. And maybe that's Joe Burrow's point in the first place. But let me just say this, Joe Burrow, if you're listening or watching, I I wouldn't try Mike Brown, bro. I wouldn't. I mean, he's he's up there in age. He's pretty stubborn, set in his ways. That's pretty clear. He might just say, you know what, this 23-year-old kid, isn't, isn't making us look bad, isn't forcing my hand. I'll make mm. him sit out the whole year. He's got to wait for his money, $36 million fully guaranteed. And oh, by the way, by next year, if he goes back in the draft, maybe Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Maybe Justin Fields goes number two. Maybe Joe Burrow starts losing money if he sits out a whole year.
2: Right. And ultimately, I think that's the play. I don't think there is enough leverage today. I don't think sitting out a year is a realistic opportunity for him. But look, again, I would do whatever I can. But the NFL is just one of those situations, Ross, that how many quarterbacks go to bad organizations and completely turn things around? You look at the top 20 quarterbacks over the history of the game, and they went to well-run organizations, well-owned organizations, Football is a brutal situation where if you go to the wrong spot, you're screwed, man. Like, hold on I mean, a second. He could,
0: oh, hold on a second. Okay. The Broncos weren't good when Elway went there.
2: They weren't good. It was, a, it was a well-thought-of organization, right? And he wanted to avoid Indianapolis, which at the time was not. Now, yes, they were not a good organization, but they were well-thought-of at the time, and he preferred to play there. Um,
0: let me ask you this though, Dave, you, you have a son. Okay. Or even you, would you really do it though? Like pretend you're Joe Burrow, think everything through. I, you know, it's a weird thing, Dave, because having played, I am so for guys doing what's best for them. Like when a guy holds out or whatever, I am so for that. It is a brutal sport. I have some pain somewhere every day. I want every guy that's in college, NFL, that's capable to maximize the experience they get out of this sport and the financial security they get out of this sport. We still don't even know necessarily what the long-term ramifications are in terms of the hits to the head. I I hope every guy gets as much money and has the best career they can. But at the same time, I say that, and there's just something about it that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I distinctly remember in 2004, when I was going into my fourth year and Eli Manning did this, I didn't like it. And maybe you can say it was a great decision. And Eli went on to win two Super Bowls in New York with the Giants. Stable franchise, stable family. But I didn't like it then. And I, I don't like it now. First of all, San Diego's freaking amazing, Eli. That would have been an unbelievable place to live. Like, get a house on the beach. Are you kidding me? Number one. Number two... The Chargers were actually really good, like after that for years. Oh five, oh six, oh seven. I mean, they were really good. So who's to say he wouldn't have won Super Bowls there? Um, so it just there's something about it that you're gonna get the number one you're gonna be the number one overall pick. You're gonna go to this city, you're you're gonna get all that money, and trying to avoid being drafted there might be the best business decision, but it's still, and maybe this is like the do-boy undrafted free agent player in me, Dave, but there's still something about it that rubs me the wrong way, way more than like a guy holding out or sitting out of a bowl game or whatever. There's something about this that bothers me a little bit. I don't know why.
2: I'm all for it. And and apparently the audience is leaning that way as well. Nearly 1,000 people have voted and 58% of you have responded at RDC, home and home. Would you try to avoid getting drafted by the Bengals if you were Joe Burrow? Yes. 58% of you, 42% said, no, I think the only reason this is difficult for him and the only reason he is taking that middle path, I think if if he were not from the state of Ohio, I think he would be taking a far more aggressive stance and would be far more public about it. But let's be honest, I don't think he said anything at all offensive. The only thing we've heard come from the mouth of Joe Burrow is again, those three little words that I uttered earlier, I have leverage. And from what I understand, he was repeating back uh, a sentiment offered up to him no, no, by no, no, a member of the media.
0: Yeah, and that's but they, all he said. Yeah, but he's been asked enough about it now that he he's clearly beating around the bush. Like, he was asked if he wanted to be a Bengal, and he's like, you know, it'd be an honor to be number one pick, but I want to go somewhere where they want to win Super Bowls and they're committed to winning. He's like, he said enough now that it's pretty clear – He was asked point blank twice if he wanted to be a Bengal and he answered it with, you know, there's a lot of time between now and then they have a process. I have a pro dude. Come on, bro. Like we know what you're getting at. And, And by the way, in fairness to him, Dave, maybe it just is a process. And maybe he wants to learn more about the Bengals organization before he says publicly, Yes, I want to be a Bengal. Maybe he wants to make sure that they will spend money, that they will, you know, they don't have an indoor facility. People make fun of them for that. You know, maybe he wants to make sure that they are willing to put the resources behind it. But I would say this this is not the Lions, where Matthew Stafford happily went, or the Browns, where Baker Mayfield had... Like, the Bengals have been to a couple Super Bowls, and not only that, within the last eight years, the Bengals went to the playoffs five straight years with Andy Dalton as quarterback. They, I mean, you know how hard it is to go to the playoffs five straight years? So they have proven they can put... A consistent winner on the field, and they did that with an average quarterback. So, like, if I'm the Bengal, Bengals should bring me in. I'd be like, Joe, dude, they went to the playoffs five straight years. Andy Dalton. They can build, they can draft well, and build a good team around a quarterback. They need someone like you to take them to the next level and actually
2: win those playoff games. Ask Reddit, though, is one of the most interesting spots to discuss life's eternal questions on the Internet. And what we do here is we answer Reddit on a hump day, home and home. I'm Dave Briggs. I'm in Colorado in my home state this morning, the high altitude. Yeah, I'm complaining about it. It kicks my butt a little bit. And Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania into the home market of the Redskins shortly. But first, Ross, we answer Reddit questions today and we start with one posted by user calamity 25 which is what is that irrational hate you have for something this is probably a more difficult question for you to answer because well me i i hate a lot of things irrationally i've told you how i hate people that take an extra two minutes to back into parking spots i hate walking behind people on the sidewalk that walk four wide and walk too slow and leave you no space to get around I hate those of you who are too damn busy to text me back. Nobody's that busy. It takes 30 seconds. I hate mayonnaise. I hate it. I hate it a lot. I only really hate one thing my wife does, though, Ross, and that's, well, two things. Cleans up prematurely when I haven't even had a chance to pour my cereal or goes behind me and locks doors compulsively. So I've got a lot of irrational hates I could discuss this on the Reddit forum for hours and hours. What about you?
0: Oh, those are good, Dave. Really good. Um, this is this is your category, bro. This is <laughs> this is this is your time to shine. Um, I mean, I I really hate mayonnaise. Um, so piggybacking off of yours, and what's interesting about that is, like why do you hate something so much that is a a choice of a food product that you simply don't have to eat? But it's true. I'm with you, dude. I feel the same way. I hate mayonnaise. So I'm with you there. People that don't text you back or email you back for that matter. It's just so rude. But I'm not sure that's irrational either. The two that I thought of, that really bother me, really bother me. And you probably don't experience these as much because you don't travel as much. I absolutely hate when I'm in an airport and people just stand there in the middle of a moving walkway. This is not an escalator up or down, especially up where you'd have to be walking up steps. I I get it. You got luggage, whatever. Who are the psychopaths that don't walk on the moving, wait for it, walkway? Moving walkway. It is not a moving stand in the way. Aunt, whatever. It is a moving, I was going to say Aunt Jemima. That was the only ant name that came to my head, Aunt Jemima. I love syrup. This is not a moving standway. It is a moving walkway. You literally walked to get to the moving walkway. It's kind of awesome. When you walk while you're on it, it's like you're walking three times as fast. You pass the other people on the side. It's amazing. Why? How could you be that lazy to stand on a moving walkway? And not only that, Dave, that would be bad enough. But they stand right in the middle. Hey, how about getting that little thing in your head that God put in there? It's called a brain. The sign says it about 10 places. Stand to the right, walk to the left. Oh, no, not these geniuses. They they stand to the left or right in the middle and then have their bag here. So you have to get up to them uncomfortably close, see if they figure it out. If they don't, then you have to say, excuse me, I'm enjoying life. I have things to go, do, people to see. I'm not trying to just rot away the rest of my existence on a moving walkway, okay? I I got things to do, people to see, or maybe things to see, people to do, but at any rate, I gotta go. Unbelievable, almost as, that's worse than people that drive slow in the left lane in a highway (sighs) and don't realize they ruin everything. You are the people that cause accidents. You think you're a safe driver, Because you're driving slowly. You're not. You're a loser. You have no aggression. You have nothing going on in your life. And you cause accidents. Because then we have to pass you on the right. Which isn't as safe. And you promote road rage. And by the way. What you're doing is illegal. It's more illegal. Than me driving over the speed limit. You're driving you should only be in the left lane to pass. That's what the signs say. Stop being such a loser, okay? Get in the right lane. Here, here Here's the, here's the, the be-all, end-all. Wait, how's it illegal? Way, you're only supposed how to be in the left illegal? lane to pass. You're only supposed to be in the left lane to pass. Stay to the right. At certain states, Dave, they have signs, and they will pull you over. If you are just cruising in the left lane at like 55 miles an hour they will pull you over it says keep right except to pass it's the law I I don't know what states maybe Pennsylvania Jersey keep right except to pass it's the law it's a law and gosh darn it I am a law-abiding
2: citizen and so I only pass I'm in the left lane I would share your frustration with guy who stays in the left lane. Now, I think guy who stays in the left lane is one of the worst people in the world, far worse than the guy who stands in the middle of the moving walkway. That I can understand a little bit because at least in their head, they're thinking, I'm keeping traffic moving by standing on the walkway. And you don't really save much time, Ross. Let me just fill you in here, bro. If you're to go around that guy now, if you're in the fast lane and you're able to go your speed, you might save 15 or 20 minutes in a given trip. But if you're at the airport and you're all annoyed, like a Dave Briggs type figure, which it sounds like you are. If you pass that guy on the left on a moving walkway, you probably save about three or four seconds tops. So I'm just going to save you that frustration. Don't worry about that guy. Don't worry no. about the guy who stands wrong. In the middle. Just take it and- easy, bro. Take it easy. Hey, hey, guess what? When I'm on my
0: deathbed, I'd pay a lot of money for five more seconds. And guess what? Those seconds add up. And not only that, it's the principle. It's the principle. It's not the time you're saving. It's just the concept. We have to stand for something as a society. We have to stand for something as Americans. We can't even unite on walking on the moving walkway or at least if you're going to be a lazy piece of shit stay to the right so people that want to walk can pass you at least give me that Dave Briggs
2: I'll give you that I'll give you that I'm just trying to save you the frustration because you're only going to save yourself two or three seconds and those seconds are probably going to be standing at a gate that you're going to be just standing there waiting for your plane to arrive. Anyway, I'm just trying to save you a little bit of frustration. Wrong. I sit down, yeah,
0: no. I get my laptop out, or I get my phone out, I text people, I do things. Very important person, a lot of very important things to do. Call from mom, answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. All 32 continues today. We're looking again all 32 NFL teams this offseason. What are the burning questions about the organization NFC East this week? Yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we both agree is Super Bowl contender. And let me just... Suffice it to say, both of us agree the Washington Redskins are not a Super Bowl contender. Probably three, four, five years at best away, despite the hiring of Ron Rivera. Three and 13 last season, in which Gruden was fired. Let's look back on the Redskins' last season with the Radio.com Red Zone. I can't believe it. The Redskins made
3: two first round selections, everybody got what they wanted. Redskins were one of the three or four stories of the night in the NFL last night with what happened. Oh, they definitely were. And if you're a Redskins fan, you should be very excited this morning. I really believe that. Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be the quarterback here for the next decade. Anybody not there that is supposed to be? Yeah, Trent Williams, guys, uh, is um, not here unless he's hiding in the building. Tough dude, one of my favorite players in the locker room, one of the best leaders on the team. He has played for nine seasons. The well, this news, the, the news you just brought, kind of changed everything because now we're officially in a Redskins all season. <laughs> That's officially right. Now. It took a while, but we got because, there. Because exactly, we're finally there now. Coming into the preseason, I had them at around eight wins. Mm-hmm. I'm now taking the under. What did you have them at before and now?
4: I had them at six, and I've still got them right there, at twenty to seven at halftime. You're pleasantly surprised. The weapons which you weren't sure about because they were unproven were delivering. But then it all came crumbling in the second half.
3: Essentially, they didn't do anything in the second yeah, half. The, I don't
4: know the defense coll- completely <laughs> collapsed.
0: The, the defense killed half. them
4: just as yeah, yeah. much as the offense. Second half.
3: Last year, they gave up forty-three percent on third downs. That was good enough for 29th in the league. This year, they're giving up sixty-three percent. That's how bad they are. Can't right? get off the field. They're like historically bad. Mitch Trubisky
4: worked the Redskins' defense. I like that. I yeah. love that Josh Screen Norman had. Game. I love that he had a front-row seat to another roasting. Another deep ball that went over his head. He stinks.
3: Redskins <laughs> he can't stink. get
4: away from him quick enough. What's the downside of playing Haskins this week? There's <laughs> no real downside. There's no downside, I mean, I mean, a, I might, So maybe down, I would play him. I, the yeah, to the only
0: downside for me would be you're playing behind an average to below average offensive line, in my opinion. And I, I don't think he's going
1: to sh- play much better than you expect.
3: The decision has been made. Jay Gruden has been fired. Your reaction?
1: You're throwing a deck chair off the Titanic,
5: essentially. Jay wasn't a great head coach. They were disorganized. They were out of shape. There was no attention to detail. There was a lot of things wrong. But there's there's fundamental problems with Washington. There's fundamental problems with the organization.
4: It's gotten to the point where there's zero buzz for Redskins games. Yeah, I, I don't think... Did you ever th- imagine that no. years ago? The amount of people that list the Redskins as their favorite team, these mm-hmm. are D.C. residents who were asked, was half of what it was 10 years ago.
1: When you went into halftime and saw Dwayne limping, how much consideration was given to going to case, if any at all? Well, he was cleared. He was fine. So there was uh, no consideration at that point.
2: So there's no consideration
4: by the coaching staff. None whatsoever. So he was cleared by the doctors and trainers? Yeah, that's what Callahan went with. In the last 24, 48 hours, they get rid of Bruce Allen, and now they have hired a head coach in Ron Rivera. And we're wondering what you think about this, a five-year deal. Is this too long of a commitment? And if you had to bet right now, will he have a successful run with the Redskins in these five years?
2: I have to look back at the Redskins' 2019 season. Radio.com Red Zone, courtesy 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Check them out anytime on the Radio.com app. A look back at that year; it was ugly. Three and 13. Certainly not Jay Gruden's fault, but he was fired. If you want something to hang your hat on, it's that there was a five-point loss late in the season at Green Bay, a team that. Uh, You know, I don't love them, but that's a team that won 13 games. And then you've got a lead over Philadelphia late in the season, in the fourth quarter. So there was some sense of optimism if you're searching for it late in the season. Ross, what is your five-hour energy burning question about the Redskins offseason?
0: Well, I think it's the burning question for a lot of teams this offseason, Dave, and it is the quarterback position is Dwayne Haskins the guy is Ron Rivera convinced he's the guy or is at least Ron Rivera feel good enough about him Dave that he wants to ride with him moving forward you know if you're Ron Rivera you probably don't envision drafting number two overall again anytime soon so is this your opportunity to get Tua Tungavailoa or Justin Herbert or maybe Joe Burrow? Or is this your opportunity at on some level, Dave, to get a quarterback, to get the quarterback you want if you don't think it's Dwayne Haskins? Or do you take Chase Young because you're Ron Rivera, you're a defensive guy, And you say, hey, let's get him and we'll give Haskins another shot. If Haskins isn't the guy, we can figure out quarterback next year. But Haskins did enough at the end of the season to at least get this year to show what he can do.
2: Not a Dwayne Haskins guy myself, 2-5 and in his rookie campaign, 58%. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yes, to your point, I think if you're not in love with them, you go quarterback. If you don't, the good news is you can really hang that pick out there and allow someone to blow you away with an offer, someone that wants to move up and take Tua. So it won't shock me if they move out of that spot. My burning question on the Redskins is, will Dan Snyder get out of Ron Rivera's way? or will he continue to meddle with that organization. Let's talk about it with London Fletcher, Super Bowl champ and four-time Pro Bowl linebacker with the Redskins. London Fletcher, awesome to have you on the program. It is Dave Briggs and another former Redskins player, Ross Tucker. Great to have you on. What's your number one question about the offseason for the Redskins? Ah, <laughs>
5: uh, number one question um, you know, obviously uh what 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 they're gonna do at the uh, with the number two pick will they stay or will they um you know i know some teams will wanna come up and get a quarterback as you just mentioned um will they uh you know trade out of that pick that's probably the number one um question for me also and then secondly um you know if i had a second question um is Trent Williams going to stay there? I think, um, you know, it, it, by them making the changes, uh, Bruce Allen no longer being there, Larry Hess, who's the head trainer, no longer being there. Um, those are good signs um, for possibly being able to mend their relationship. So uh, that would be my second question.
0: Fletch, always good to hear your voice, buddy. Really really appreciate the time. Um, let, let's start with quarterback. You know, from what you saw from Haskins last year, how do you feel about him? Do you definitely think he's the guy? Do you think you just give him this year? Or should the Redskins consider pulling an Arizona Cardinals and drafting a quarterback again?
5: Well, I don't think they should uh should pull Arizona Cardinals and, and draft a quarterback. I I I like what I saw from um from Haskins as he got more season as he went in uh He got better week to week, and, you know, he wasn't – I didn't think he was totally ready to start as a rookie coming out of um, Ohio State just based on, um, you know, when I evaluated him. And I'm a big Ohio State fan, um, so I liked him playing for the Buckeyes. But, you know, when you're talking about making that jump to the next level, you know, he struggled with some of the things that you would need to uh, be able to do as a pro. Um, But with that being said, once Haskins – learned how to prepare as a, as a uh, pro quarterback having a full week of taking all the reps and uh in practice and you saw him uh get better week in and week out now he'll have a full full uh, off season you know going into the off season as a starting quarterback and, and he'll have thousands of reps that he takes with the uh with the first uh, first team offense, and you know, I, I think um, I think he's a guy that they can say, hey, you know, we like where he was progressing. We'll continue to um, see his growth through the off season. I think um, you know he's going to get better. I don't think a quarterback is something that, a position that they need to address in terms of uh, going out and finding a starter. Not at all.
2: London Fletcher with a Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker with Redskins and now with CBS Sports. To your point, yeah, last six quarters for Dwayne Haskins, over 70% completion percentage, 394 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. So certainly got better uh, later in the season. My burning question was, will Dan Snyder get out of the way of Ron Rivera? The one word we always hear attached to him is meddling. Will he stay out of Ron
5: Rivera's way? <laughs> I, I, that's, that's, uh, it, Mr. Snyder, our dad, he doesn't does meddle as, as people, as much as people think. Um, you know, I was with the organization for seven years, and, um, you know, I, the thing that I always loved about him is he was willing to do whatever, um, it took to, uh, help us, provide us with the, the resources to win. Um, uh, you know, he's never been, um, shy about spending money. Getting, giving us whatever we needed as players to uh to win um so all that stuff has been overblown and uh, overstated about um uh, you know um him meddling with the uh with the head coaches and things like that so um i don't think it's gonna be any, a problem um well i know it's not gonna be a problem and then if you look at what um the changes that he made during the during the off season um you know with the the um you know letting go of some people that you know most thought um would never um he let go by Mr. Snyder. Um, you know, those were uh, some big big decisions that, that he made and he's he's um, obviously uh gave uh, Ron Rivera uh, control over uh, over the, the football side of things.
0: Fletch, did you just call him Dan? Does he let you call him Dan?
5: Yeah, he lets me call him Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. He wants me to call him Dad. I still have a. I still. I've been when I was playing for. I was so used to calling him Mr. Snyder, so I'll refer back and forth. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can call him Dad, man. <laughs> I, I like it.
0: I like. I mean, I never really, I never really talked to him very much, but I always, I guess, referred to him as Mr. Snyder. But I never really heard very many players call him Dan. I like it. Um, how do you feel? overall about the team now that they got Rivera in there I would imagine that you're the that you you're the kind of guy that likes Rivera as a coach with the defensive mentality linebacker background
5: you know I like to hire um I live down in Charlotte um and um I thought Ron is a really good coach um last year in in Carolina things kind of kind of um went haywire obviously with um with Cam and his injuries those those things um, played a big part in in them uh losing a lot of uh, losing a lot of games but you know I really like the Rivera hire um you know he's a he's a stand up guy he's going to command respect uh he's going to um d- d- demand um accountability from his players from everybody in the organization but I think his temperament and his in his uh, you know makeup is is one that that will will be uh, appreciated throughout the organization.
2: London Fletcher with us, Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker now with CBS Sports, talking about the Redskins offseason. It's out with the old, in with the new. They cut Josh Norman, the Pro Bowl cornerback. They cut Paul Richardson. Got some interesting young pieces there, in particular Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver, 919 yards receiving. Darius Geis got hurt, but still 5.8 5.8 yards per carry. So some interesting young pieces with 54 million in cap room this off season. What's the priority for the Redskins?
5: Well, I think priority first and foremost they got to get better um, defensively, especially on the back end of that defense. Um, uh, the secondary really struggled um, at the cornerback position. They they. You know, a lot of plays, big plays, giving up uh, um, a lot of big touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, that's why you see the uh, the Josh Norman move being made. Um, so, I, I would see see them adding, you know, possibly two corners, maybe even a safety. Um, like to see them maybe get a. Uh, Get more athletic at the uh, the linebacker positions. I know um, Ruben Foster is there. I don't know uh, what his status will be, but uh, you know they're going to need to get some more playmakers at the inside linebacker position. Um, they're making a change to a four three defense, but I think will also, which I think will also benefit them because when you go to that four three defense, you are, what you do is you allow the of front to put more pressure. Um, on the passer, um, you can you can make more plays in the backfield. and Tuck, you were former offensive line lineman, in. and and a lot of times, depending on the style of three four defense you play, it's not about penetrating and making tackles for a lot. A lot of times, it's about holding holding linemen up and um, letting your linebackers uh, make the tackles. But um, when you're in that four three, especially a four three defense that's going to be penetrating and attacking, it creates a lot of problems for uh, for offenses.
0: Yeah, Fletch, you kind of talked about this earlier, but I want to go back to it. You know, you played for the Rams. You played for the Bills. We were there together. We were there in Washington together a little bit. You know, the Redskins are the brunt of a lot of jokes. People talk about them now like they're one of the five worst franchises. You were there a lot more recently than I was. Do you, uh, do you, do you think that that's unfair, or do you think that it, it really is that bad there? No, I
5: don't think it's that bad. There. I think um, you know, it's when you lose, Tuck, that's that's. I mean, that's gonna um, you're gonna create a lot of attention. I think in the and the fact of the fact that where they are, you know, it's the nation's capital in the NFC East, um, um, you're gonna draw a lot of attention. If you lose in third places, you you don't losing in Cincinnati. Even when we lost in Buffalo, you didn't. You know, you didn't garner that national attention, but this is Washington D.C. Um, now they've uh, they've brought a lot of attention nationally um, national attention on themselves by some of the some of the um, some of the blunders they've had. But um, I think when you look at the young talent they have, the hiring of Ron Rivera, some of the other things, I think um, they're headed in the right direction in terms of getting back to their winning ways.
0: Last question, Fletch. I'm going to ask you this every time I talk to you for the rest of our lives, because you started 240 straight games in the NFL, not including (laughs) playoffs at middle linebacker, which is absolutely insane. So you're like five, six years out now. How are you feeling, dude? I got to (laughs) know.
5: I feel pretty good, man. I, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate that I've never had like a, um, major, uh, catastrophic injury, like, uh, you know, a blown knee, um, you know, things like that. I had, um, two surgeries, but they were just, um, some scopes, um, clean out, um, bone spurs. So I never had any major injuries. Um, you know, but I, I feel pretty decent. I think, um, you know, staying active has been key for me. Um, um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, but, um, uh, Physically, I feel I feel pretty good, man. You know, <laughs> I, I can't complain.
2: Good to hear because, London, we see so many stories where that is not the case. And many people around the football world, in particular, worry about Jordan Reed, the Redskins' tight end still under contract. Seven documented concussions, no telling how many were undocumented. What should the Redskins do there? Should the NFL step in and say, it's time we take this guy off the football field, what will the Skins do with he and Alex Smith, who said he's lucky to have survived his catastrophic injury? He's still on the books for more than $20 million.
5: You know, I was uh, I was a teammate of Jordan's, um, you know, uh, I think two years, I want to say. I can't remember if it Jordan's rookie year it was 2013 or 20, I think it was 2013. So we were teammates one year and I was there the, the year he had his first concussion. And, um, um, I remember, um, you know, how we, how that, um, you know, situation kind of played out. But, um, you know, in Jordan's case, he's had so many, um, as you say, documented concussions, Now, you never know how many undocumented concussions he's had. Um, it, it comes a play time and place where, you know, his family, his friends, um, people who are close to him has to say, um, you know, Hey, Hey Jordan, it's not, um, it's not worth it, man. You got to look at your, your long-term health, um, and, and and walk away because you know we all know um we've had enough examples of of guys who've suffered major concussions and what they look like you know twenty, thirty years down the road and um what their life is like. So it's a situation where somebody who's close to him has to say, Hey Jordan, it's, it's time to walk away. And he and um you know, I know for a young guy like him, especially a talented guy, he wants to continue to play, but I think he um he, he may have to come to grips and say, It's 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 time to walk away.
2: And what about Alex Smith? Will they hang on to him, or should they feel obligated to pay him the more than twenty million?
5: Well, his contract—I um, don't know what his contract situation costs so for. I know he had injury guarantees, so once he got injured, yeah. um, you know, he was still on—he was going to get paid regardless. I don't know what—I um, know that was the case last year. I don't know what it is this year. Um, if there still are some uh, injury guarantees, so it may be a situation where. We well, don't have a, uh, a choice but to um keep him on the roster because he's gonna get paid regardless. Um, you know, I know they're gonna support him. I know um um, you know, um Dan is real close to Alex. Um um so I know he wants him to uh you know, resume his career, but um it's still a long a ways away before Alex is even able to um you know get to that point where he can truly say whether he whether he'll be able to play again.
2: We're diving into the XFL this morning because some shocking numbers across the country. The rating's down, but still a very workable number for the XFL. Is it part of the national sports conversation? And is St. Louis more an XFL town Then an NHL town. Let's talk about it with Tom Ackerman, sports director, KMOX in St. Louis. Tom, great to have you on the program. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. I had to look at these numbers about 17 times because I don't believe it. The XFL almost doubled the television rating of the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. How is that even possible?
4: The curiosity. Here you go. Here you go. Right here. You see that? That's that. That's, <laughs> there it is. Uh, the uh, the curiosity of the XFL mixed in with the fact that this is the only market in the XFL that does not have an NFL team. In fact, St. Louis is the largest market in America without an NFL team. It's also, I think, um, you know, the fact that the Rams moved out recently and people are still upset about that. Uh, But I think mostly this is a great sports town. This has nothing to do with the St. Louis Blues. They are Stanley Cup champions. They are drawing huge crowds. The place is packed every night. Uh, This is the fact that it's on big networks. It's football. And people are excited to see it. And I think that's a a huge part of what's going on here. The St. Louis Battlehawks are going to play their first game at the Dome at America Center. Their home opener is this Sunday. They have sold, guys. 27,000 plus tickets for this game. That's the entire lower bowl. It's sold out. All they have left are suites. They are not going to open the upper level, and in fact, they have no plans to open the upper level for any regular season game. The reason for that is the cost of staffing and and other issues. So the Dome, which holds about 60 plus thousand, will be half full, but on TV, when you see the lower bowl rowdy and loud, it's going to be an incredible environment. People are excited about it.
0: That is awesome, Tom. I'm excited about it. Um, I, I guess you you touched on a bunch of different things there. I'll start with the excitement around the XFL team. Is it about the XFL, or is it about sort of sticking it to the NFL and showing that they can support a team? That's definitely
4: the latter, but the XFL is a league that I think people are very curious about and want to learn more about When the novelty wears off, then you deal with how do you draw those crowds and sell those tickets and sell that gear. But for now, who cares? I mean, you're selling tickets like crazy. You're selling gear. I just showed you one T-shirt that's coming from another company here in St. Louis that's just cranking out shirts. Uh, People are excited about having a team again. And yes, this is to show everybody associated with the other professional football league that St. Louis is a football town, is a sports town, and is excited. It just so happens that they're playing this game in the home of where the Rams used to play. That adds to it as well. And, yes, the wounds are still fresh from Stan Kroenke ripping this team unfairly out of the city of St. Louis. These are fans who stuck by this team, even when this team was not doing well. They were drawing 50000 55000 a game. And when the team was, I mean, they were absolute rock stars. They went to two Super Bowls in three years, nearly went to another one a few years after that. So this is a a city that's very proud of its teams. The Cardinals are the king, of course, and have been for a long time. But the Blues winning the Stanley Cup was a massive celebration, and St. Louis is just continuing momentum. We're kind of in a sports renaissance right now, just added an MLS team. There's just a lot of excitement overall about sports. But, yes, I I think that that was part of the Kroenke departure, is that he really scorched the earth behind him and said, St. Louis can't support sports. Well, we'll see about that.
2: I can tell you, even where Stan Kroenke has professional sports teams, he's not all that loved. I'm in Denver, where the Avalanche and the Nuggets, two of the best teams in their respective sports, are not on television. And here we are in mid-February. So Kroenke uh, is an interesting sports figure. Tom with Tom Ackerman, sports director, KMOX, in St. Louis, where the XFL rated a 7 Over the weekend, up against the defending Stanley Cup champion Blues, a 3.1 nearly doubled. Now, back to the Rams leaving town in 2015. Is there lingering hope that the NFL could someday return to St. Louis?
4: I think that there's always that thought that if a team entertained coming here or if the league was interested. But I think right now, to be honest with you, St. Louis in general... Just has had enough with the NFL and the thought of the league at the moment. Now, this is a big NFL city. Don't get me wrong. There are fans of teams all over the place. The Chiefs have a huge fan base here. When they just won the Super Bowl, people in St. Louis were very excited about that. The Cowboys have a big fan base here. The Bears, as we're right on the border of Illinois. Illinois is part of the St. Louis metro area. The Bears have a big fan base here. Packers, Broncos, Steelers. Again, biggest city without a team. So obviously the NFL is a big part of what goes on here. But I think, you know, there was so much put into an effort to build a new stadium. And and I think St. Louis still feels like it was sort of dragged along by the NFL, played as a pawn for this grand scheme to build a giant stadium in Los Angeles and to reap uh, television revenue in the, the country's second biggest market. So I think all St. Louis can do right now, is just be the best city it can be. And if a team at some point were interested in coming, you know, any time now it's sort of a running joke. Like when the chargers were struggling to gain traction and you had a lot of opposing fans in their stadium, and that might still continue. People in St. Louis immediately are like chargers come home, St. Louis chargers, you know, and people just sort of having fun with it. St. Louis has a lot of pride and we'll see how it all turns out. Right now, there's no effort whatsoever to go find an NFL team, but sure, I mean, people around here would listen.
0: You know, I had a long day on Sunday. I think I did 45 minutes on camera, and then I did a press conference. Um, I have to say I made one mistake, um, at least, um, during that long day. And uh, that was In an effort to make a rhetorical point, I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. And I want to apologize for that. There's no excuse for it. Um, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I should have made it in a
4: more effective way. And again, I want to apologize for it. Um, I will say this. You know, I've awarded five World Series trophies. Um, There is no
0: greater pleasure in this job than awarding that trophy. I understand what it means. And again, it was a mistake to say what I said.
2: Swing and a miss, a notion Rob Manfred should be familiar with. That is a swing and a miss of an apology. It was the sentiment that it is a piece of metal. John Lester, who has a couple World Series trophies, says they should take Rob Manfred's name off of that trophy. Says he made one mistake in that long day on camera. I can't think of one thing the commissioner has done right from the start of this process to where we are today. He has botched every single opportunity to quiet the storm. And now he's got the most popular athlete on the planet piling on LeBron James on Twitter saying, I don't play baseball. But if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I'd be fucking irate. I mean, uncontrollable about what I would or could do. He says, listen here, baseball commissioner, listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken they are. The ball's in your court. You need to fix this for the sake of sports. Now, it's that point that LeBron made that I don't think there is a fix right now, Ross Tucker. I would love to see him not discipline other teams or not go out of his way to discipline other teams for throwing at Astros. Let this thing play out because you had an opportunity to ban them from the postseason, do something like the Champions League did with Manchester City, or take away that World Series title. Now, I don't believe there's anything he can do to fix the situation. What am I missing? Um, I don't think you're
0: missing much. I think, number one, I'm glad that he apologized for the piece of metal thing. He should. And, you know, it's not easy for people to apologize, especially when they're in positions of power like that. So I respect the apology from my buddy Rob. He probably should have apologized to Jared Diamond, the Wall Street Journal reporter that he was sort of condescending and snarky with. Uh, But in terms of moving forward, three thoughts. Number one, they should vacate the title. That was the biggest mistake that they made. It should no longer say that the Houston Astros won the 2017 World Series. Nobody won the 2017 World Series. That was a big error and mistake by Manfred, number one. Number two, this whole notion of suspending the players, I guess I still don't know how you do that. Nobody, like, I hear everybody, oh, the players, the players. Tell me how you do it and tell me what it is. Let's stop just saying they should discipline the players. Tell me what you think it should be. Because it sounds like, From Justin Turner, some of these guys, as long as they took away the World Series, that would have been enough. Is that considered disciplining the players? I need to know. And then the last thing is, you know, now they're going to change their rules on throwing the ball at at another player? Now they're going to change their rules and say it has nothing to do with the Astros? Dude, I mean, honestly, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the Astros – You can't possibly be that tone deaf to not realize everybody's going to think it has to do with the Astros.
2: Yeah, look, I just don't know retroactively. I think right now uh, your point about trying to take away that title, vacate that title would be the only thing you might be able to do to quiet it. And to for the notion of plunking Astros batters, I want to personally see it. It would make me feel some smug satisfaction to see Jose Altuve take one off the ass or Alex Bregman, or Carlos Correa, or the entire lineup. But I don't think it's going to happen because the commissioner's going to go out of his way to not let it happen. And that over-under we talked about yesterday, William Hill Sportsbook, 83 and a half, is the over-under. I actually would bet on the under. I'm going to hammer the under there. Every team wants to throw at them, but Major League Baseball will go out of their way to screw this up worse and to make you feel like you can't get retribution